Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. As you can tell by the length of this audio file, and the fact that the opening song was super short, this is not a standard Paranoid Strain episode. Don't worry, we're still hammering away on new content. Well, not hammering exactly. Why would you hammer on a podcast? Let's not take this too literally, Dana. Anyway, we just wanted to drop quickly into the feed to give you our general plans for the next year or so of content, as well as some ideas we're working on for those who want to support the show. And finally, our upcoming plans to solicit your feedback and ideas. Not that the show can be improved in any way. As all of you know, it's perfect as is. And wait, she just reads this shit as written? This is nonsense. I mean, I like the show, but I'm not comfortable saying it's perfect. Dana, I need you to do the lines without any editorial input as you always do, okay? We talked about this. Fine, but it's ridiculous. The show is perfect as is, but he feels like all of you would feel good about yourselves if he solicits your feedback and pretends that it could be improved. Exactly. Which is why Dana Unicorn and I are addressing you today. You know they can tell I'm not Dana, right? Do we have to do this? They won't notice it if we don't point it out to them. I don't have the accent, and I'm not nearly as patient with your nonsense. Plus, they've heard my voice before. You know what? Fine. Now that you've spoiled the illusion, Jesus. Okay, folks, this will come as a surprise to all of you, but my sidekick for this announcement is not, in fact, the lovely Dana Unicorn, which is actually, as it turns out, the reason you're not hearing your regularly scheduled show. Without going into details, Dana has had to take a bit of time off for health reasons. Before any of you worry, it's not COVID, she's doing great, and she should be back up to speed within a week or so. She wishes all of you well. Really, she's good. That's all absolutely true. And as not Dana, a.k.a. Lady Jesuit just noted, our beloved Dana should be ready for her close-up Mr. DeMille in a week or so. However, because it's not a real Paranoid Strain show without her, we've had to hold off on completing anything until we can incorporate her lines into the episode we otherwise have ready to go. Fun fact. When he's recording these things, he actually says Dana's lines, so he knows where they're supposed to go when he starts laying out his part in the audio software but then he says them in a high-pitched voice. So that the current version of the show has a bunch of parts where his voice sounds like this. Sad but true. And no one should ever have to hear that. So while we wait for her return, we're going to get to work on the final Illuminati-focused episodes of our Secret Society series. Should only be two more of those. Which, whew, what a relief, huh? I thought he was never going to shut up about the Masons. I mean, learn how to wrap it up, right? Less is more. You don't have to include every single thought you've ever had on a subject. You know what? This isn't working out. I'm going to have to ask you to leave the podcast closet. You're firing me? Fine. 
I didn't want to stand around sweating in here anyway. Good luck finding someone else to do these ridiculous lines while your precious Dana is laid up. Love you. Love you too. And I've got someone in mind. Bear with me a second, folks. Okay, so as I was saying, we're working on those last two Illuminati episodes, as well as the one-off that is only awaiting Dana's finishing touches, and we'll put out all three of those as quickly as we can get them produced. Barring any further logistical hiccups. Exactly, mysterious stranger. Have you forgotten you've already forced me to participate in the show when I was younger and more impressionable? Under the name Awkward Jesuit? And, by the way, I'm officially renaming myself to Confident Jesuit. So there. Have you forgotten that you promised to read the lines your dad wrote as he wrote them? No, I'll do it, but I better get a really good Starbucks out of this with an extra shot. Guaranteed. Fine, proceed. Thank you. So once we have the Illuminati finished, we'll put out the entire Secret Society series as a long episode. Technically, it'll probably have to be two plus episodes because of the maximum file size that his podcast provider can put out. In addition, we'll be including full-length versions of all of the interstitial music, a few outtakes, etc. These will be the definitive 11-plus-hour version, and are perfect for those of you who prefer your podcasts at audiobook length. After that, we'll be going into a research period for our next big topic, and to keep the content flowing, we'll be releasing a remastered version of our JFK episode in chunks. Those episodes will also be uploaded to our newly revitalized YouTube channel, accompanied by some slow-mo news footage for those who prefer their podcasts with visualizations. You know who you are, you weirdos. So that's the next few months. But you might be wondering, if you're wrapping up secret societies, what's next? We're so glad you asked. They didn't. Starbucks. Right, so the working title for our next big series is QAnon, How Did We Get Here? This idea springs from the fact that, in a sense, QAnon is like the one ring to rule them all. For those keeping score, he also considered the Borg of conspiracy theories. It's so broad, so absurd, and so all-encompassing that it seems to devour, assimilate, and adapt other crazy ideas into its ever-evolving psychedelic paranoia kaleidoscope. What started as a single live-action role-playing post on 4chan about Hillary Clinton's impending arrest, which, you know, still hasn't happened four-plus years later, Oh, my darling child, according to the Q loons, it has happened. In fact, many times over. And she has been tried and executed and replaced with a clone. Do try to keep up. I will not. This is your weird obsession. That's probably for the best. In any case, we're at the point where its adherents are integral to essentially every hint of craziness that's currently threatening rational discourse and the functioning of democracy. Including the stop the steal nonsense as well as anti-vax hysteria. But Q also seems increasingly to be coming loose from the moorings to which it was tethered, rising into the sky under its own power like a giant flaming Hindenburg fueled by bullshit. Or, if you prefer, quantum malarkey. Q hasn't dropped any knowledge in 14 months as of this taping. Trump has failed to return to the presidency as QAnon so feverishly prophesied, and yet the movement is still going strong. This is your generation's gift to my generation, isn't it? You're welcome. Enjoy it in good health. Thanks. So we've decided to take a longer, harder look at some of the topics we've touched on in the past, along with a slew of others that we believe all contribute to the obsessions that currently drive QAnon adherents. And 
by association, potentially threaten the concept of our shared reality. This quest will take us back decades to re-examine the Cold War origins of the John Birch Society, the QAnon of its day. We'll review all of the incidents that helped contribute to the Q-friendly mindset, from Waco to Oklahoma City, the McMartin Preschool to the Soviet Union, Discordianism to Lyndon LaRouche, all to try to explain how this particular weird-yet-connected set of beliefs came to be so popular at this point in history, and how reality denial came to be acceptable among such a large part of the population. But we're not just going to investigate and mock. Though, he's going to do a lot of that. Unquestionably. But we're also going to pursue a thread that's been bothering us for the past few years. QAnon is obsessed with a bunch of conspiracies that are simply absurd. But the idea that people are being conspired against, or at the very least, are having their interests and concerns ignored, by people in institutions that they're supposed to be able to trust, is absolutely, unquestionably, verifiably a fact. So an important part of this series is going to be aimed at figuring out the actual conspiracies, or at the very least, the deliberately obfuscated self-dealing corruption and venality that QAnon adherents and the rest of us are missing, thanks to failures of our own media, government, and attention spans. And we'll kick the whole thing off with a friend's personal story explaining why the Federal Reserve is, in fact, a conspiracy, but not the one the QNuts would have you believe. Because it's not a deliberate plot by international Jewish bankers to steal Americans' freedom and sell us into endless debt slavery? Correct. But as to the ways in which it is a conspiracy, well, you'll have to wait for that episode. Oh, a couple more things before we sign off. Unlike the Secret Society series, we're planning to break this one up with some entertaining one-offs. We're not sure exactly how we'll work them in. The first is going to cover conspiracy theories related to music. Paul is dead. Stevie Wonder can secretly see. That kind of thing. Just to keep it interesting. And finally, we're going to try out some new stuff this coming year. Merchandising. Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. As well as potentially giving Patreon a shot. We've had a number of listeners reach out about sending us cash, which is a super nice offer and makes us feel all tingly. But making money is not the point of the show. Our aim would be, first of all, to design some super cool swag, like posters and t-shirts, that you would be proud to wear or display, and that will help get the word out. And we'd want to make sure we got the rewards right if we offered monthly Patreon subscriptions. But any money we earn above our costs in both cases would go to pay for the show's expenses and ideally allow me to give a little something to the people whose free labor has helped me make this show special over the past few years. And to make sure we're actually giving you what you want in terms of merchandise and Patreon perks, as well as to check on what aspects of the show you like most and least, we're planning to send out a survey or two in the coming weeks. We'll link to them from our show notes, as well as from Facebook and our soon-to-be-inaugurated Instagram account. And we would really appreciate it if you'd take a few minutes and fill it out. There's more great stuff behind the curtain, but we want to keep some surprises to ourselves. We wanted to take this opportunity to give you, our incredible listeners, an idea of where we're taking the show over the next year plus. We hope you're as interested to hear about these topics as we are to create the episodes. And from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you so sincerely for listening. Jesuit out. Now, about that Starbucks.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.